Welcome to another episode of Between the Lines. I'm your host, Amar Pingalia, and I'm coming to you from Toronto, Canada. And even though I'm in Canada, we are talking NFL today, specifically NFL fantasy football. With the preseason starting up this week on Wednesday, August 9th, I thought I'd do a pre-preseason top 10 NFL fantasy players for the upcoming season. So I'm going to go through my top 10 right now. At number 1, I have Le'Veon Bell. Thank God he didn't get suspended this offseason for smoking weed. Because if he didn't get suspended last year, he would have had a monster season. So I, since he didn't get suspended, I am going to expect him to do even better than what he did last year, which is already remarkable. In 2016, he had 1,268 rushing yards, 7 rushing touchdowns, on top of 616 receiving yards and 2 receiving touchdowns. He was just a fantasy beast. He did miss the first four games, though, because of his suspension, and he came in a little bit later on the season. You could tell he was a little bit rusty in the first few games, but for this season, with no suspension, and he can actually play a full 16 games, I see him just being an absolute monster. Also, Pittsburgh is a poor weather city, so towards the end of the season, there probably will be more rushes. Plus, Le'Veon is really what makes that offense go. Obviously, they have Antonio Brown over there, but without Le'Veon Bell in that rushing attack, defenses kind of can lay back and play the pass a little bit more. So definitely Le'Veon Bell number one, which might be a surprise to some people, but because a lot of people have the guy I have at number two as number one, and at number two I have David Johnson. He was a fantasy beast last year. I think he finished with the most fantasy points. He is the main focal point of the Arizona offense, which is why I have him at number two. He almost had 1,000 receiving yards last year, which I think is why people are attracted to him mainly in fantasy because he's going to give you the rushes, main focal point of the Arizona offense. He's going to get you 1,000 yards rushing. He's going to get a touchdown. He can work the goal line. But his, his ability to catch balls and be a receiver in that offense is really valuable. And I think David Johnson will rack up. I don't think he'll have the same year that he had last year, but He's the main focal point of that offense, and Arizona receivers, they don't look that strong heading into this year, so David Johnson will once again do the heavy lifting. Uh, I do have Le'Veon Bell just ahead of him. It, it was tough, it was tough, but I just think Le'Veon, he's a little bit more versatile, and I just think because he put up almost the same amount of points as David Johnson, and he missed four games. And so, and he came back when everyone was already mid-season form, so I think that plays a little bit of a factor into it. But I would definitely put Le'Veon Bell first, David Johnson number two. At number three, I have Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, that Dallas offensive line, you put any running back behind there, they're going to get you yards. But you put someone as talented as Ezekiel Elliott back there, and they're going to do something magical like he did in his first season. He does have that pending investigation and all that stuff because he's been doing some stupid shit in the offseason. So I don't know where how that'll play out. Hopefully he doesn't get suspended for fantasy owners. Um, but yeah, like that defensive, that sorry, that Dallas offensive line can't beat it. Best in the league. There's no signs of stopping that offense with Dak Prescott. He's probably, hopefully he doesn't have that sophomore slump and he takes a step forward. But that's the thing. Even if he does, and he does have a sophomore slump, which is pretty common, He's going to hand the ball off to Zeke Elliott, so he'll get you some more yardage there. Uh, Des Bryant, that receiving core, should, with, if Dak does take a step forward, that receiving core should take a step forward, which will actually just open up more holes for Zeke Elliott. So I just see a win-win situation for Zeke Elliott. 
Uh, one thing though, tough schedule for Dallas this year. Not as easy as last year, so they will be playing up against tougher defenses. I don't know how much of an impact that'll have. Um, seemed like last year Ezekiel was just running through everything and hurtling over anyone that was in his way, but we'll see. But definitely, I mean, he's going to get you the yardage. He's going to get you a touchdown. He works the goal line. Yeah, just the only thing is the investigations. Hopefully they don't lead to any suspensions, and we'll see. But Ezekiel Elliott at number three. At number four, now this guy was a sleeper in last year's fantasy. I was actually drafted him. I think I drafted him in like the eighth round thinking is, okay, whatever, I'll just take this guy. He's the best available, and I couldn't really make up my mind. Melvin Gordon of the Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, not the San Diego Chargers anymore, the Los Angeles Chargers. Man, what can you say about Melvin Gordon last year? His rookie campaign was complete disaster. He's looking like a bust. Uh, yeah, he was battling a couple injuries too. But last year he came back, and he came back roaring. Monster season last year. He did go down with injury last year, but it doesn't look like it's anything serious. Keenan Allen will also be back for the Los Angeles Chargers and eventually open up more holes for Melvin Gordon once Philip Rivers and Keenan Allen can get that receiving game going. Um, that was the other thing. I mean, last year, everyone knew the Chargers were going to give it to Melvin Gordon and run. I mean, Philip Rivers did toss that thing, but the receiving game just didn't go as well as they wanted because they kept losing receivers. Keenan Allen obviously being the best receiver. They, I mean, even this year, they drafted Mike Williams and looks like he's going to be out for the season because he needs back surgery, so... The Chargers and receivers is just not having the best of luck, but with Keenan Allen back and hopefully he can stay healthy, I think Melvin Gordon is set up for another monster season. And just again, he's a focal point of the Chargers offense, and with the aging Phillip Rivers, I think they're definitely going to use Melvin Gordon a lot more and in different ways than last year. Um, Phillip Rivers also likes to just dump it to his running backs when he can't find any open receivers, and Melvin Gordon's a good receiving running back, so he'll definitely be up there. At number five, I mean, you can't leave this guy off the list. I got Antonio Brown. He's just used in so many ways in that Pittsburgh offense. He, he's in the slaw. He's a deep threat. He can work the goal line and crossing routes. Um, he's very in tune with Ben Roethlisberger, and they have good chemistry like they have for all the seasons in the past. And he's just a warrior, man. He fights for extra yardage. You go back and watch some game tape, like, he's fighting for every single yard he can get. And as a fantasy owner, you can really appreciate that because, you know, sometimes you win just by one point. Uh, at number six, this is, might be a bit of a surprise. I have Mike Evans from Tampa Bay. He took a huge step last year as well, and I see him just taking an even bigger step this year. He's a beast. Ta Tampa in general is poised to make a huge leap with Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, and the additions that they've made of Deshaun Jackson. But yeah, Mike Evans is just a beast. He's tall, he's got a huge vertical, he's strong. And Tampa has a good defense, and it's one of the top, it was, it was actually one of the top defenses last year. So they are a young core that will only get better this year, which means more time for the offense to be on the field. And like I was saying, with Mike Evans being so big and strong, and he's got that vertical leap, he's the premier red zone target, which I mean lots of touchdowns. And as a fantasy owner, sometimes I've had, I've had instances where I'll have a receiver who only put up maybe 20 yards receiving, but both of those 20 yards led to touchdowns. Like, that's 12 points right there. So touchdowns matter, especially in fantasy, and Mike Evans is poised to get you a lot of touchdowns. At number seven, I, have, I put Julio Jones. Uh, man, that Atlanta Falcons offense, there's no explanation required there. That that offensive system is just automatic. They have it going down in Atlanta. Yeah, and I think they're going to be pissed off with that Super Bowl loss too, especially now with all the jokes of them you know, blowing a 28-3 lead and everything. So I think 
Atlanta's going to come back with a vengeance. And yeah, man, that Atlanta Falcons offense, that's just going to be on fire once again. Matt Ryan knows how to knows how to work that offense. All the players, they're all returning. They didn't make any they didn't lose any uh, big players in the offseason. So, they're going to be they're going to be up there again. Julio Jones is also a premier red zone target threat just like Mike Evans is. He's big, he's strong, he can jump. Julio Jones might be the toughest receiver in the NFL. I've seen him like take hits, get back up right away, and just go and catch a ball. Or take hits, not go down, and go run 50 yards for a touchdown. Um, I have Julio Jones behind Antonio Brown and uh, Mike Evans, especially as receivers, just because... Talking about that Atlanta offense, they have a lot of weapons. Like Matt, Matt Ryan throws it to everybody. So I think his touches might decrease a bit. Um, but that's my kind of only downside on picking Julio. But, well, that's why I put him behind Antonio Brown and Mike Evans. But, I mean, he's a top 10 pick, guaranteed, for sure. Number 8, I have Odell Beckham. Uh, he is also used in so many different ways in the offense. In the slot, he's a deep threat. He runs crossing routes pretty well for a receiver that's supposed to be uh supposed to be an outside deep threat receiver and he just he knows that offense and he knows where Eli will put it for him and he just helps Eli a lot just where he finds open gaps he's a good receiver uh especially for fantasy as well just because there's games where he just goes off and he's catching touchdown he's Eli's throwing to him every play and he's one of those diva receivers so you know he's going to demand the ball so he'll get some yards for you especially in receiving the New York Giants did pick up Brandon Marshall uh, so that'll spread the defense out um, it, some people might say he might take some touches away from Brandon Marshall but like I said Odell likes running the crossing routes and with spreading the defense out with Brandon Marshall on the other side he's really going to attack the holes of the defense and with the offseason he had and all the criticism he took, I think he's ready to come back and just absolutely dominate. I, like, I've seen him working out. You've seen him, he's posting all those working out videos and all the drills that he's been working on. And, I mean, we've seen him make crazy one-handed catches, but I think there's more in store for this upcoming season. So we have Odell Beckham Jr. at 8. At number 9, I have DeMarco Murray. He was another gem for fantasy owners last year because I don't think anyone picked him up until the 6th or 7th round, even though he was the number one running back for the Tennessee Titans uh, going into the preseason last year. People just thought, you know, he's aged. Uh, his, his best season or his best time was in Dallas, and that was behind him. They didn't think he could pull it off again. And what did he do? He just went on and had the best season of his life. It was crazy what DeMarco Murray was doing last year. Um, so this year, going forward, he's still the focal point of the offense. Uh, Tennessee has a solid offensive line. They've been slowly building that up. And the Tennessee offensive quarter likes to get him involved in all parts of the offense. So whether that's rushing, receiving, passing, he threw a, uh, a three, he threw a touchdown last year as well. And DeMarco's strong. He doesn't really fumble that often. He won't turn it over. So, you know, he's going to take care of the football. You don't want those negative two points for a turnover, which are super annoying after... A player such as DeMarco's caliber, you know he's going to give you a lot of points and then puts up a negative two because of a stupid fumble or something. That's the worst. And number 10, this is a surprise pick. I went with Brandon Cooks, the receiver that got traded from New Orleans and now he plays for uh, New England. Main reason, Tom Brady. I mean, I don't even think I need to say anything more. Tom Brady is definitely going to be the best quarterback possibly ever in the NFL, but definitely best quarterback in the league. So... He's going to definitely find Brandon Cooks 
within that offense. Uh, Brandon Cooks is crazy fast, and he could replicate what, Ron, what uh, Randy Moss had with Tom Brady in terms of the deep threat back in the day when uh, the Patriots almost went undefeated. Well, they did go undefeated during the season, but, you know, lost in the Super Bowl. Um, Brandon Cooks, I'm putting him at number 10. I think he's going to, with Julian Edelman and all the other receivers that the Patriots just seem to find out of randomly on the street and put him in the offense, they do a lot of the crossing routes, and then Brandon Cooks can kind of sneak behind them all and get a deep threat. So I think he'll get a lot of, lot of yardage on those deep threat plays and down the field. And he might even put up a lot of touchdowns because of those. Uh, I do have some honorable mentions. Number one on my honorable mentions list, I have Devontae Freeman, also of the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, once again, crazy, fast-powered offense that Atlanta has. Matt Ryan, Devontae Freeman, he doesn't fumble that often. He's pretty good on the goal line. He's going to get you your yards. But he just, I just... I don't know. I think he's going to take a little bit of a step back, and I just don't see him in the top 10, but definitely honorable mention. And he just signed a new fat deal, so, you know, he got paid, and deservingly so. Another person I have on my uh, honorable mentions is T.Y. Hilton. Uh, main reason is he put up crazy good numbers last year. On the second half of the season, he was, I had him, um, I drafted him, so I had him, and for the first half of the season, he just wasn't producing, so I actually cut him, and then obviously after I cut him, he starts producing crazy good numbers and starts getting touchdowns but I think with a healthy Andrew Luck I think that'll make a huge difference uh T.Y. Hilton's really fast too and with Andrew Luck the Colts have a pretty shitty offensive line they didn't do anything to make that offensive line better so uh, I think Andrew Luck's going to be trying to get the ball out of his hands as fast as possible and T.Y. Hilton would be the best threat for that especially in that offense out in Indianapolis and I also have LaShawn McCoy obviously shady you know he, he put the jukes on you. He gets a lot of yardage just because he dekes people out. But uh, he was injured last year. He's in and out of the lineup. So I don't know how he's going to do this coming season. Gillisley, the second running back on the depth chart for the Buffalo Bills, he really came on last year. And so I think he might take away some touches from LaShawn McCoy. And they might do maybe a running back by committee thing. You know, do a one-two punch. So that might take away some touches from LaShawn McCoy. But with all the dekes, he's definitely getting yards. Uh, you can definitely, definitely deep people out and I think around the goal line that's really valuable so I think LaShawn McCoy will put up touchdowns he's going to put up yards but I just, don't, just didn't you know I just didn't feel it I didn't want to put him in the top 10 because I think Gillis Lee really came on and I think uh, LaShawn McCoy might take a little bit of a step backwards so that's my top 10 plus my honorable mentions I'll, I'll go down and break down some of the some of the position based uh, right after the break, so I'll talk about the top five QBs because I didn't include any in my top ten uh, fantasy picks. You really shouldn't take a QB in your top ten. And defense and special teams. So we'll be right back after this break. And welcome back to Between the Lines Sports Podcast. So now I'm just going to break down my top five projected 2017-2018 season NFL fantasy quarterbacks. At number one, I got Aaron Rodgers. Um, I kind of put him at the top just because he is a dual threat QB. Plus, I mean, he, he can find anybody off the street and make him a good receiver. Uh, he'll have Jordy Nelson. He'll have Martellus Bennett, who I know really isn't a receiving tight end. Um, but with all the blocking, he can open up 
lanes and passages for the other receivers. Uh, and yeah, a healthy Jordan Nelson will make a huge difference. This is Aaron Rodgers' favorite target. And when Aaron Rodgers, when the pocket breaks down or can't find a receiver open, he always manages to rush and find yards, garbage yards, which as a fantasy owner, you love that. So I think the, the fact that he's a true dual threat QB really makes a difference. And I mean, he throws bombs, he throws Hail Marys, he, he does it all. So I have Aaron Rodgers definitely at number one. At number two, I have Tom Brady. It doesn't look like he's taking any steps backwards. He's just a machine. He takes really good care of his body, which is good, so he hopefully won't get injured. And I just see him, especially in their offense, with the new weapons that they've got. I mean, after winning the Super Bowl, usually you know there's a Super Bowl hangover. You Teams kind of maybe take a step back. They don't work as hard in the offseason. They're already the champs. But that's not that's not how New England does. That's not how, that's not how Bill Belichick works. So... I feel like that offense is ready to go once again. And Tom Brady, he has new weapons to play with now. So they really revamped their team. Uh, just the mentality of that team to always keep going. I think Tom Brady, and he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't throw interceptions. I, I think Tom Brady definitely will be the number two fan, top fantasy QB. And number three, of have Matt Ryan. Uh, as I mentioned before many times, that Atlanta offense is something special. There's been times where Matt Ryan's his first like 10 passes of the game will go to 10 different receivers. It's crazy how the, how fluid that offense is. But Matt Ryan, yeah, he finds people and he gets the yards. And he also doesn't turn, turn the ball over that much. And he takes care of the ball too, doesn't fumble. And they have a pretty good offensive line there. So Matt Ryan at number three. At number four, I have Drew Brees. Um, what can you say about that New Orleans Saints offense? This has been doing it every single year. Drew Brees, first ballot Hall of Famer. He's still... Doesn't look like he's going to be slowing down. Um, Drew Brees is a gunslinger, though, so you there might be some more interceptions, especially since they've lost Brandon Cooks, who was a big target for him, especially down the field. But, you know, Willie Sneed's still there. Michael Thomas is still there. They do have Adrian Peterson, which might make the load a little bit easier for the receivers. So Drew Brees definitely, I think, I mean, it's pretty automatic with Drew Brees. you got to have him in the top five every year. He gets yards, right? He's put up 4,000 yards consistently over every season. So definitely Drew Brees. At number five, I don't know why I'm so big on Tampa Bay, but Jameis Winston, I just feel like, I mean, they were the hottest team in the second half of the league last year. And they ended really strong. And I just think their poise to make a huge jump this year. I don't know if it's because they're on hard knocks or if they just, I mean, Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, they're just poised to go do something special this year and I mean they really have to do make that step I mean they drafted these star players right out of college Jameis Winston um first overall they got Mike Evans and I feel like this is the year for them to really move up and become contenders so I have Jameis Winston because he's also got Deshaun Jackson now as a deep threat and I mean whenever he's in trouble you know he can just toss up in the air in any vicinity where Mike Evans is and Mike Evans will come down with it that's just the type of receiver that he is that's why I had Mike Evans in my top 10 so I really think Jameis Winston, and he's he's trying to he's starting to mature as well. So I think he'll turn down those turnovers and those stupid interceptions, you know, the ones where it's just like, why are you even throwing it there? I think he'll have a lot less of those, and he's really become a student of the game. So I think Jameis Winston uh, is actually going to be the fifth best QB in NFL fantasy this year. Now let's move on to defense and special teams. Um, number one, Denver. That Denver defense is crazy good. You have Von Miller who wants to get 30 sacks this year. He thinks he can. 
We'll see how that goes. Probably won't, but I mean, if there's one person that you could that you should bet on to get 30 sacks. It will be Von Miller. So him with Aqib Tlaib and Chris Harris Jr. as corners, shutting in the secondary, shutting all the receivers down. Denver and they did they were crazy good last year. I mean, the only reason they were finished how well they did finish was because of their defense. The only reason they won the Super Bowl when that Peyton Manning was because of their defense. So the, I don't see that Denver defense slowing down at all. They're all hard workers. They're all tenacious players. And, you know, they're not going to take a backseat to anybody. They want to be the top defense. They want to be the top defense ever. And that's just the way they think. So I definitely think Denver, number one. Number two, Minnesota. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, who got a nice deal in this offseason. But he's a great shutdown corner. Uh, Anthony Barr. They have a great linebacking core out in Minnesota. Um, I just think Minnesota is poised to be really well this upcoming season defensively. They were they did pretty well last year. Um, they kind of had some gaffes here and there where the teams could put up points on them, especially towards the end of the season. Uh, I think they started off 5-0, and that was strictly because of their defense, because their quarterback went down. But yeah, I think Minnesota is going to right the wrongs, and I think they're going to be pretty well off for this upcoming season. At number three, I have Seattle. I mean, the Legion of Boom got the... You got the Bobby Wagner and the linebacking core there. You got the defensive line of Michael Bennett. Like that Seattle defense is just stacked in every layer of that defense. Um, obviously, they pay for it because they didn't invest in their offensive line. They have a shitty offensive line, but that defense, and we're just talking defense and special teams right now. That defense will get you turnovers. They won't let players or won't let other teams run up the score on them. So they'll keep they'll keep the keep the score low. And, I mean, there's been times where Seattle just relies on their defense the whole game, and then Russell Wilson throws one touchdown at the end, and they win the game. So that Seattle defense, I mean, there's not really much need to say about Richard Sherman, shutdown corner, Earl Thomas coming back from injury, Cam Chancellor, like, these guys, you know, Legion of Boom. They're just great defensive players in the NFL. They're professionals. They're always going to work. They practice hard. So Seattle, I don't see them slowing down at all on defense. Uh, for number four, once again, at Tampa Bay, I don't know why I love Tampa Bay. I'm not even a Buccaneers fan, but I just think Tampa Bay this year is going to be their breakout season. Um, it's a bet. It's a bet I'm willing to make. Just because towards the end of the season, Tampa Bay was killing it. Yeah, they had a slow start. I think they had a lot of new pieces they're trying to figure it out. But Tampa Bay with Hargraves, Brent Grimes, uh, in the secondary, Gerald McCoy, Robert Ayers up front. Uh, Tampa Bay, I think, is ready to make that take that step forward. And it starts with defense. I mean, their offense is pretty high-powered, but last season what made noise was that defense. Tampa Bay was a top-seven defense last year um, in terms of fantasy points. So I see them taking a step forward this year, especially with you know more time for all the players to work together and just work as a cohesive unit. Uh, I really see Tampa Bay taking a big step up. And number five for defense special teams, I have Houston. J.J. Uh, Watt is back, biggest thing. Jadavion Clowney finally does not look like a bust. So, I mean, with J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney up front, man, that's going to be a menace for opposing quarterbacks and opposing offensive lines. Now, I think, I know Houston's secondary isn't that great, and the linebacking core can be hit or miss at some sometimes, but I think when you have two like unstoppable forces like J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney up front. It just makes the linebackers' life easier, and it definitely makes the secondary's life easier. There's going to be so many times when the quarterback's under pressure from J.J. Watt coming from one side and Clowney coming from the other side, and the quarterback's just going to chuck it up and make an ill-advised pass, which 
as a secondary, as a quarterback, you love that because then you can go and get it. You don't have to wait for the receiver to come down with it and tackle him or react to the receiver. When a quarterback just chucks that thing up, you can go and get it. So I think the secondary will benefit from having J.J. Watt back as well. And that's my top five defensive and special teams for NFL Fantasy this year. Denver at number one, Minnesota at number two, Seattle at number three, Tampa Bay at number four, Houston at number five. And for QBs, I have Aaron Rodgers at number one, Tom Brady at number two, Matt Ryan at number three, Drew Brees at number four, and Jameis Winston at number five. I'm just going to take a moment uh, before I end off to talk about the success of NFL Fantasy Football. Uh, Last year, 75 million people play NFL Fantasy. I feel like NFL just has a lock on fantasy sports in general. Um, Because I've done NBA fantasy, I have close friends that have done NHL fantasy, and nothing else compares to NFL fantasy. You know, it's the reason why people watch a Tennessee versus Jacksonville game on a random Thursday night. They want to tune in for fantasy. That's the main reason, number one reason, teams watch two shitty teams play against each other on a random Thursday night or a Monday night or even in the middle of the day on a Sunday. It's because they have these players on fantasy. And the NFL, they just have such a good monopoly on the fantasy system. They've been doing it the longest as well. So they had that first mover advantage, which really helped them. But just the way they've been able to revolutionize every year and just the system they have in place, it's really helped them in terms of ratings, which is probably the biggest thing, which is why the NFL is a king in America when it comes to sports ratings. And just nothing comes close to it. Nothing nothing can compete with it. They have the best fantasy system. Um, we'll see how esports and like this whole tech revolution in sports changes it. Because I know the NBA probably definitely wants a piece of the fantasy sports world online. So we'll see how that goes within the future. But yeah, I just wanted to take a moment to say that the NFL really has this down pat. And I love it. I'm addicted to it. I mean, all season long, I like, can't wait uh, for fantasy season to start. Um, it makes me watch games that, that I normally wouldn't watch because, you know, in that eighth round, I have to draft that one player on, like, Cleveland or something. And I'd never watch a Browns game. But now, you know... I need my running back to get some more yards, so I'm going to watch that Cleveland Browns game because now I have a personal stake in it. So the NFL is really smart with how they market and how they use fantasy towards uh, to benefit them and to benefit their ratings. And I really think other sports could uh, take notes, definitely could take notes from how the NFL has been doing that. So as I said at the beginning, that was my pre-preseason top 10 NFL fantasy projections for this upcoming season. Obviously, with injuries and everything, things can change. So I'll make a vi- another video after the preseason's over. Plus, I'll have a chance to see some of the rookies play and just how teams and team team chemistry works out with some of the players, especially the players that have been traded. Um, like my top ten might change. It might, especially injuries, is the biggest thing. Players go down with injuries. It totally changes the landscape of fantasy. But uh, we'll see. So I'll make another podcast after the preseason, right before the start of the season. And I'm going to be doing a fantasy uh, draft with some of my friends. So I'll tell you what picks I ended up with. So on that note, I'm going to end off this podcast. Let me know what you think about my top 10. Do you agree with most of them? Or do you just think I'm talking reckless and disagree with it? Uh, Let me know on Twitter. You can tweet me at MRPingalia. Let me know which picks you agree with and which you don't. And I wish everybody good luck with their upcoming fantasy drafts. I know it's a very important time of the year. 
And uh, hopefully none of these people get injured in the preseason. Uh, so obviously the worst and can totally mess up people's draft plans. So thanks for tuning in this week to Between the Lines. Uh, we'll be back next week. talking. We'll talk preseason week one NFL for sure. See if anything happens there. And we definitely got to touch on this, the crazy shit going on in the NBA with Kyrie and everything. So stay tuned for the next episode. We're definitely going to talk a lot of Kyrie, some mellows, NBA, and preseason week one NFL. Football's back, baby. Go out and enjoy the sunshine, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye now.